another day, another Oakland Athletics trade, and your mailbag questions. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online with more player props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, news broke on Sunday morning. Left hander Sean Manea got traded by Oakland to the San Diego Padres. The entire package was. Uh, the Padres got Sean Manea and right-hand pitcher Aaron Holiday. Uh, Oakland got middle infielder Yurabel Angeles and right-hand pitcher Adrian Martinez. So uh, the thing here kind of feels like a little bit of an underpay by the Padres. Uh, but so Yurabel Angeles, um, number 10 overall prospect for the Padres going into this trade. Uh, you know, IFA, kind of a guy where I see him as a middle infielder more so than a shortstop. I've seen him listed at second base a couple places, but very natural hitter, very, very good, quick hands, uh, you know, can can definitely hold his own offensively, actually won the low West batting title last year, got a last-minute promotion up there to high A. Um, you know, he can... He's he can hit balls in any part of the strike zone, high, low, inside, outside, whatever. Because of that, he's extremely aggressive, uh, and he'll you know he'll make contact with a pitch that's maybe not good enough to drive. So he can hit everything, but he's not always getting hard hits out of his strikes because of that. So you know I look for him to to they're going to work with him to cut down the chase. I don't think he has a ton of power. You know, he's he's never going to be a guy that's going to give you, you know, he'll, he might hit double-digit home runs just because he'll he'll run into a couple during the course of a season, but very much going to be a, you know, a line drive kind of guy. Um, he's, he's a decent defender at short, but I think his arm strength, uh, his speed, which is, you know, fringy to average, he's going to be kind of confined to, to second base. And then because of that speed, you know, he'll be able to turn base hits into the gap in doubles, but he's not going to be much of a of a demon there. I mean, I really see him, if he gets better plate discipline, I can see him uh, capping out as a, you know, a, a second division, maybe even a first division second baseman. If not, one of those utility guys that you've got that can play second, that can play third, that can play short for you. Uh, they're useful off the bench. You pinch hit with them. Uh, they're in there if somebody gets hurt, things like that. That's kind of that's kind of where I see um, Yurabel Angeles ending up. Um, Adrian Martinez, the right-hand pitcher, a uh, little bit more of a track record on him. Uh, the Padres actually purchased his rights from um, the Mexico City franchise of the Mexican League in 2015. Uh, he had TJ. He he, st- he started off at Double A last year, ended up at Triple A. Uh, got added to the 40-man roster. So this does free up a 40-man roster spot for the Padres. But um, he has a fast, he has a four-seam fastball. He has a changeup. Um, he's got 
you know, a, a, spli- a, a slider, but he doesn't really use it a lot. He's mostly fastball changeup. And the way that works, the fastball sits low 90s, can touch 95. Uh, it's got good fade and run to it. It's a good pitch, um, but he has a a just about plus plus changeup that's really filthy. It's in the low 80s. Uh, it has really good action off of the fastball. It disguises really well. And then what's odd about it is he has like reverse splits. He's more effective against a lefty than a righty, which you don't always see. And part of that is because obviously the changeup, where where the changeup's going to run, it's going to run away from a lefty. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, I see him as a guy who absolutely can debut this year uh, as a reliever. Obviously having just those two pitches, because again, that slider is a is a you know below average, and it's really just a, just a, there to be a tendency breaker. Uh, I see him as a as a reliever, but he has the potential to be a good reliever. I'm not gonna say great, but a good reliever. Uh, and again, he can debut here in 2022. He struggled a bit uh, with the the change in the strike zone when you get to AAA. So uh, look for him to start off in AAA. For the um, let's see what he does, and then from there he absolutely can debut and give you a piece. Um, obviously, Sean Maneo, we know what he is as a professional. I'm going to kind of skip that. You can ch- check it out uh, with Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres to learn more about Sean Maneo and how excited they are to add him. And I do have to point out the rotation options that they have now when you add R- Maneo are a bit absurd. There's just so many pitchers now in that system and so many guys who can start for you in San Diego. I mean, okay. So to kind of go through the list here, no particular order. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger, Sean Manea, Denison LeMay, Chris Paddock, Mackenzie Gore, tons of arms that can throw innings for you. So you have to love the depth that you have there at AAA. Uh, but I'm sorry, that you have there in San Diego, but uh, the other part of that trade was Aaron Holiday, and he's a right-hand pitcher, not rated in the top 30, top 40, but a guy that was a 2021 draftee. So he was taken in the 13th round out of Old Dominion. He was mostly a reliever there, and uh, can hit 100 on his fastball, from what I've been told. Uh, you know, has the potential to be a you know to be a big league reliever one day, uh, mainly on the strength of the fastball. But it's something where I've noticed an increased trend in teams trading their recent first round draft picks, and so I kind of want to like I find this really interesting. So I mean, granted, thirteenth rounder, but still a recent draft pick that got traded. Uh, and and if you kind of go back and you look, I mean, just this off season, we've seen three different. Um, first round picks uh, in the most recent draft get traded. Gunnar Hogland went from the Blue Jays to the Athletics. Ryan Cusick went from the Braves to the Athletics. Chase Petty went from the Twins to the Reds. And then even going back, you see guys get traded um, there in that that first year after they've been drafted. I think about Trey Turner. He was a he was traded. He was a player to be named later. Back when you couldn't trade first year guys until after the World Series. Um, Anthony Rizzo, January 2012, he was a first round guy. Uh, Trevor Bauer was a first round, um, you know, was a number three overall guy that, that got moved rather quickly, you know, going back farther, Carlos Carrasco and Gio Gonzalez and stuff. And I think I've kind of, a lot of these 
these trades of first-rounders, to me, break down into one of two different reasons. So the first one is, um, it's something where a team has different faith in their amateur scouts and their professional scouts. And so sometimes when you see these deals being made, it's because maybe they trusted the amateur scouts over the professional, um, and you know they they didn't get a guy in the draft they wanted, or they got a guy they want, you know, or they trust their professional scouts better, so they draft a guy, get him in the system, and then the professional scouts look at him and they're like, "Hey, what are we doing here? Like, I don't necessarily think this guy was the right guy." Or, I mean, it's just. It seems like that's one of the considerations why we're seeing first-rounders get moved or recent draft picks get moved. And then the other part of that you have to think about is probably because some teams imagine that a a high-level prospect, and I don't mean stature in the system, I mean the levels they're playing at, a AAA prospect, um, is more valuable to the organization, specifically to the MLB team, than a low-level prospect because of their proximity. You know, look at the Braves having traded Ryan Cusick. Um, imagine if the Athletics had asked for Spencer Strider. Cusick's a recent draftee. He was going to be at probably A-ball this year. Maybe double-A, but probably A-ball. Uh, Spencer Strider's looking at making the MLB team this year, coming out of the bullpen initially and being a swingman who can take some spot starts. And so, in the end, those guys may end up being the same value as far as what they are as pitchers, but... Spencer Strider is better able to complete to compete and make an impact on your big league team now, whereas Orion Cusick is going to make an impact three years down the road. And so it's easier to part ways with a skilled prospect when they're farther away from MLB. And so that's why recent drafted guys, you're not as worried to lose them because you haven't yet had a chance to envision how they impact your big league team. And in just a minute, I have mailbag questions. We've got um, some questions here about the Yankees and the Cubs. I'm excited to get to. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Uh, they are your number one source for all your betting needs, your sports info, and you can get all the latest developments. Like this week is the Masters Championship. So odds, uh, reviews, all kinds of different sporting leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including um, live betting, hockey. College basketball, now that we're wrapping up, professional basketball, baseball stuff is out. Um, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, mailbag, like we do every Monday. Uh, first question comes from Jason on Twitter, and he asked me about Clark Schmidt of the Yankees. And specifically, he wants to know does Clark Schmidt break out this year? And okay, so Clark Schmidt, 2017 first rounder out of South Carolina. Uh, they took him, kind of got a little discount on him because he needed Tommy John, uh, debuted in 2018, looked pretty good in 2019, and then obviously uh, 2020 lost the minor league season, was at the alternate site, looked good there as well, made a uh, made his big league, big league debut in 2020, uh, and then last year sprained elbow, uh, missed most of, didn't have a rehab appearance until like late July, ended up only throwing six innings last year. So um, he, okay, so he's a guy where I don't think he's going to be in the rotation this year. And part of that's he's only thrown 44 innings between the minors and the majors. He's had so much issues with losing time because of 
Tommy John, he's had issues with losing time because of um, the no the no season in 2020. Uh, he had the, the the strained elbow last year. So I see him, one, I see him as a guy who uh, probably, if he's at the big league level, in the bullpen, but a guy that I'd put at AAA and let him start every five days. Now, as far as his actual stuff, he's got a two-seam fastball. Um, I like it a lot. The two-seam fastball, uh, I think it's pretty excellent. The curveball, however, best curveball in the Yankees' entire system. Uh, it's one of those hard-breaking curveballs, sits in the low 80s. Um, pairs really well with that sinker that he has. Um, he has a slider. It's around um, mid-80s or so behind the curveball. Most pitches are going to be behind that great curveball. And then uh, he's got a four-seam fastball that kind of sits where that where that uh, sinker does. And then a changeup that's in the high 80s. But the two money pitches here, uh, the curveball, obviously, like I said, best in the system. And then that two-seam sinking fastball. Both of these, he's a guy, he reminds me play style, not a comp. Play style reminds me of like what a Tim Hudson used to do. Uh, you know, he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts when he does. It's going to be because you thought a fastball was coming and you swung over a curveball. But he's going to induce a lot of weak contact, get a lot of grounders, things like that. What I want to see from him as I want to see his control a little better. I feel like he can't always spot. And when he misses, he misses the too high. So he needs to keep the ball down when he misses. Um, but control, command, see that get a little better. And then he just needs innings. He just needs innings against higher level competition. The Yankees can use him out of the bullpen this year. They can use him in middle relief. They can use him in long relief. They can use him in spot starts. But I really think he's better served at the AAA level, starting every single, uh, starting every five days, so that he can get into a groove, um, so that so that he faces high level competition. And if you need him to come up later and do spot starts and things like that, you can do that. But I'd rather him be stretched out, uh, be on a routine versus being in the bullpen. And this is different organizations, different philosophies on this. The Braves are a team that like to bring guys into the bullpen first, use them out of the bullpen. Um, different teams feel different ways about this. I, I am a guy, I want them to be at AAA. I want them to start every fifth day, uh, collect innings. And then if you have a need, then call them up and let them do stuff. But that's just me. So Clark Schmidt, I like him. I think he has the potential. I know he's 13th overall in the system. I think he has potential to be a to be a, a you know probably a four to five. I think he might make a three if everything comes together correctly. But either way, to be a pitcher in the Yankees organization and help them out starting for a while. Um, Daffy World on Twitter um, had a question about James Triantos of the Cubs. Um, just kind of wants wanted to know about uh, do the Cubs see him as a two way player and. They do not. So Triantos was a, he was part of the 2022 draft class and he reclassified to 2021. Um, and good high school career. One of those kids where uh, final game of high school, he had a no hitter, a perfect game going into the seventh, hit the go ahead home run to win the state championship, that kind of thing. Uh, got drafted in the second round, again, as a high school guy. Um, he's got his, his, Potential is definitely a hitter more so than a pitcher. 
Um, you know, this his arm strength is above average, but his consistency with his delivery and his arm action is is bad. And so, you know, and and then you have that, and then you also look at the fact that hitting, he has elite bat speed, very very good bat speed, very good feel for where the barrel is, and he can consistently make contact and make hard contact. Uh, he actually, he, I mean, he projects out to be a plus hitter, power average to above average, obviously. 6'1", 195, the kid's 19. He needs time to, to, to fill out and do all of that. Uh, he was a shortstop in high school. He's going to be a second baseman. Uh, he's already a second baseman. And I'm not even sure if that's going to initially work. A uh, lot of work to do on defense. Uh, it feels like, and part of this is because he played two ways and never was consistent, but uh, I feel like the game's a little fast for him. He doesn't necessarily... Um, uh, he, he hasn't slowed things down yet on the field. His hands and feet don't necessarily sync up, and so he makes off-platform throws. And he's got the arm strength to make it work, but you know the accuracy is not always there because he's not, he didn't have a stable platform. He's a guy that definitely needs lots of reps, needs defensive coaching. But the hit tool is absolutely his carrying tool. I mean, he's a guy where, um, he like I said, plus hitter, uh, you know, comes out somewhere around a 280 to 300 average in the big leagues, assuming everything projects up correctly, projects as he grow, grows, as he fills out, and all of that. And so, needs to do a lot of work to stick in the middle infield uh, because it's hard to take a guy and bat him at first or at third or at DH um, if they don't have power. So, a middle infielder with no power needs to have a great hit tool, and needs to have great defense. And right now, he has below average defense. All he has is the hit tool. So, needs a second tool to come up. Obviously, always going to be carried by the hit, but needs a second tool to come up. And in just a minute, I have some questions about the National League East. I'm very excited to get to. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You've heard me talk about them. You know them. You love them. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like Candy bars might actually be better than candy bars. All built bars are covered 100% real chocolate. They're good for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So uh, go out there, get rid of your stashes of candy bars, get rid of all of those high calorie snacks you have floating around, whether it's your house, whether it's your office, whether it's your, your work bag. Uh, your backpack, the, the diaper bag, whatever it might be, replace them with built bars. Tons of flavors you can try. Um, coconut almond, mint brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, and then all kinds of other options. They have the puffs, the protein-infused marshmallows. They have the beef broth. They have all kinds of different things you can try. So go to Built.com, check out a list of all of the flavors that are there. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Last couple questions we have here uh, concern the National League East, and specifically um, the Braves and the Mets. So question number one was from AJ in the Discord, and he said, hey, what does the Luke Jackson injury for the Braves mean for the Atlanta prospects? So uh, Luke Jackson, reliever for, for the Braves, has a, um, has a torn UCL in his elbow. Uh, it's probably destined for Tommy John. Was placed on the 60-day IL on Sunday. They haven't officially announced the Tommy John surgery yet, but that is obviously going to be coming. 
And if you want more info on Luke Jackson and what the Braves do now and everything, cannot recommend Locked On Braves enough. Uh, Locked On Braves, hosted by Jake Mastriani. We had an episode with them a couple weeks ago. Uh, absolutely has your fill, as well as our new Locked On Atlanta Sports with a, a with an Atlanta Braves postcast. It'll be Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani recapping every Braves game after it happens. So uh, coming up in your feed soon, you should see Locked On Atlanta, uh, and you can go follow all of those. The, the Braves postcast is going to be one I'm going to be listening to just about every night. I know that. But the two guys that this really... and Clarify here. Never love to see injuries. Don't want to see a guy get hurt ever. The two guys that this ends up benefiting, and I hate to word it like that. The two guys this ends up benefiting is former prospect Sean Newcomb because his grip on a job was tenuous. He's out of options. So he was probably going to make the bullpen, but he was he was expendable. He's not as expendable now. Uh, obviously, if he doesn't pitch well, he'll probably get DFA'd anyway, but uh, definitely helps him make the team. And then... Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider was the uh, fourth rounder in 2020 out of Clemson. He's the third overall prospect in the Braves system after that big trade they made. And uh, had Tommy John a few years ago while he was at Clemson, had um, lost 2020. But he went last year, he went from low A Augusta all the way to starting games or to, to pitching in games at the MLB level in the final weekend of the season. I mean, far and away the biggest climb of anybody in the system and one that you rarely, rarely see. So um, he's got, he had more pitches that he used all the time when he got drafted than what he does now. So when he got drafted, he had a, a fastball, a really good fastball, upper 90s. Um, I mean, probably 70 grade fastball, really good fastball. Uh, he would throw it up in the zone, you know, kind kind of as a four seamer there. He had a change up and a curveball. The Braves have kind of encouraged him to stop throwing those or throw those a lot less. Uh, they've really tried to pair up the fastball with a slider. It's a vertical slider that he kind of he likes to throw down in the zone. Uh, they both have like they both disguise off each other really well. Same arm slot, um, you know. So it's. A fastball, he throws high in the zone, it rides up. He has a he has a slider, he throws low in the zone, it rides down, but they look the same coming out of the hand. It's a great combination. Gets a lot of swing and misses. He had he struck out 39% of batters last year, second best mark of all Atlanta pitchers with 50 or more innings. Entire system plus the big leagues. Like that's how good it was. Um, you know, slider looks like it's gonna be an above average two plus pitch. So he's a guy I absolutely expect them. He does still does throw the change up some, but um, I absolutely expect them. He, he will now make make the bullpen. Um, probably will contribute in Atlanta this year, and then I see them working on getting him, trying to develop him in the rotation. It's something. You're, what's probably going to happen is the expanded rosters you see for the first month or so. He'll make it, and then. Um, provided that everybody else in the Braves pin is healthy, they've got plenty of options from both left and right side. They'll probably send him to AAA, let him be in the rotation uh, there in AAA for the rest of the year and look at camp next year at seeing if he can earn a rotation spot next year. Um, you know, probably a, probably a, a three to four 
something where it kind of depends on what else he figures out besides the plus fastball, the above average slider. Can he figure out the change? He started to work that back in a little bit last year. Can you get the change going? What happens there? But definitely a guy who, as much as it hurts to say this, is helped by the loss of Luke Jackson because now he will make the big league club out of spring training and still have a chance to contribute. He'll, he'll get to see how his stuff plays at the big league level and then get a chance to work being a starter all year in AAA, and I expect him next year to be up probably for good. Um, the other question was from our friend Jeremy. We've heard from Jeremy before. Uh, big Mark Vientos guy, but he asked about Francisco Alvarez. So Francisco Alvarez, 2018 IFA, uh, was a franchise record when he signed. It was like $2.7 million. Um, but he's he's played, I mean, he is the clear-cut number one. Very good Um 2021, 272, 388, 554, 24 home runs in 99 games. And oh yeah, he was 19 when he did that. Uh, led all 19-year-olds in in uh, full-season baseball with an OPS of 941. And that includes some of the 2020 first-rounders you've seen uh, high on the list, like Zach Veen and Jordan Walker. Um, also went to the hitting camp the Mets did after the season, then went to the Dominican in the fall. Uh, so... Very, very, like, very, very advanced hitter. Um, incredible awareness. So hitting for average, hitting for power, both of those, he has plus potential there. Um, he has very good natural timing, very good ability, especially on a breaking pitch. Uh, he's got good power, and it, that, a lot of that comes back to his kinetic chain. He's very good at, at transferring, um, transferring his weight, generating power with his legs and his lower half and obviously being a catcher he's a little bit stockier in that lower half and you see it in his speed but uh, very good at generating power has a very short bat path, path to get into the zone um, so um, very very good offensively especially out to like right right center uh, with his power he got promoted out of low a very quickly last year because low a was like uh, the there at St. Lucie was an automated balls and strikes league and they wanted to get him in front of a human umpire so he could uh, work on his framing. He's good at receiving. He's got to work on the framing. It's very um, it's very kind of rough. I mean, he does that thing a lot of catchers do where he moves it too much. If it's a borderline pitch, don't try to frame it in the center of the zone. If it's a borderline pitch, frame it just inside for a strike. If it's and you know two inches outside, frame it as a borderline pitch. Don't frame it as it was inside the whole time. Frame it as you know, you could take it from two inches to borderline. Know how much you can get away with, and that's a thing he very much needs to work with. He has um, very good arm strength, like raw arm strength, but he needs to work on his throwing mechanics. He's not as efficient as he is hitting. With the kinetic chain and and the transfer of power, he is just about that inefficient when it comes to throwing. So he needs to work on on um, pop time. He needs to work on his throwing motion and kind of getting his whole body into it and not just throwing from the shoulder, um, you know, and just all all upper body. Uh, he's he's he threw it about twenty three percent of base doors last year. He's gotten better defensively, but he still tends to use his hands to block pitches more so than his whole body. So something that he has to work on. I think he'll get better. He's got that passion to get better. He's got that drive. It's just a matter of actually doing it. So 
I expect he'll be at double A this year. He'll spend the majority of the year there. If it's me, I bump him up to triple A towards the end of the year, kind of see how he does. And then uh, I think you may possibly see him debut next year. It's just something where, I mean, I, that's that's really young for a catcher to debut, but he's one of those rare exceptions. I mean, the mental makeup is there, the leadership instincts, a lot of those intangibles are there. Um, offensively, he's very advanced. And so it's just a question of, can he develop the defense a little better where he's not hurting you behind the plate and then he's up. I mean, it's it's we're looking at a I think a year and a half and he's he's up playing in New York. Now, uh, I don't know roster-wise how that works out off the top of my head. I can't think about exactly where all of New York's um, catching talent is and things like that, but Alvarez is number 1 for a reason. He is a good uh, good good catcher. I'm excited to watch him at Double A this year, uh, and I'll, I'll be excited to see him when he gets called up next year. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. We do these mailbags every Monday. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you do us a favor and like and subscribe to the show, it really does help the show a ton um, as far as discovery and getting put in other people's feeds. And then. If you want to stay tuned, this week we've got some great stuff going on. We've got a College Ball Tuesday like we do every Tuesday where we're talking about some of the uh, exciting action that happened over the weekend and some of the draftable prospects who looked really good uh, in college action. A fun-filled week this week. And hey, Major League Baseball is back on Thursday, so we will know for a fact which prospects have and have not made MLB rosters for Friday's show. So expect us to talk about that there. But until then, this is has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.